During the Christmas season, we're talking about the gift of rest and looking at the giver and the gift and the exchange. Our text is from Matthew 11. It says, Come to me, Jesus says, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We talked last week about the receiver and what he said, come to me all you who are weary and burdened. And so that tells us who the receivers are. Those who receive the gift of rest then are the weary and the burdened, not those cruising along spiritually, barely breaking a sweat. If that was you and if you existed at that time when Jesus was extending this invitation and you were pretty complacent, doing pretty well, not very concerned, not very burdened, he would have looked past you to others who were burdened, and he would say, I will give you rest. The weary and the burdened. Um, If you were the weary and the burdened, you were the kind he called. This week, we're going to consider the giver. And what Jesus says, I am gentle and humble in heart. We've talked about this before. Jesus talks about himself, I am, and then he answers that, fills in the blank with all kinds of things. But this, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm aware, is the only time Jesus gives us a sense of what his emotional state is. He talks about, I am the bread of life, I am the word, I am the truth, I am the way. But this is the only place I'm aware that sometimes he was angry, but this is the only time he says, I am and then he gives us some descriptors. So what was Jesus like? He tells us here. He says, I am gentle and humble in heart. He could have filled in these these uh, blanks a lot of different ways. Uh, growing up, if you were to have, on Jesus' behalf, filled in the blanks for him and just say, on behalf of Jesus, who do you think Jesus was like? How do you think Jesus felt? I am, how might you have filled those adjectives in? It's surprising for us that Jesus uses the adjectives that he does, especially understanding what these words meant in the language he used. Um, Humble in the thought of a Jew using the word had the sense of lenient and tender, frail, weak, sensitive, timid, something soft, and gentle, um, humble, except that's gentle. Humble meant bowed down, afflicted, oppressed, and powerless. These words paint a picture of someone who has been distressed and oppressed. Um, These terms in our Gentle and humble, if you have kids, and I say, boy, I'll tell you what, your kids are so gentle and humble, you probably would respond and say, maybe, well, thanks. You know, I I try my best. Um, In the context of a first century Jew, um, if if somebody said your son and daughter were gentle and humble, um, or if I said that, you know, your kids are gentle and humble, and I probably would say, I'm glad to hear it. it would, I would say, I'm, I'm sorry to have to say it. It wasn't a term that was uh, respected or virtuous. It was, geez, your kid's in kind of tough shape. They have experienced a lot of difficulties if your kid was sick. 
and had chronic illness, I'd say, boy, you know, you've really, your kid has really had a, a, a gentle, humble time. They've really been under it. That's the sense Jesus is, is that's the, the words he's using. Why does Jesus apply these mental states to himself? Again, he was God. So can he really have struggled that much? Yet these are the words he uses. It was somebody who understands struggle. Jesus seems to distinguish himself from those religious voices who had misrepresented God. If you look at this verse, there is a phrase where Jesus, prior to saying, come to me, look at where he, ta- he talks. Well, let's read it. Um, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. And then he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, wrote an article about this in 40 Days with the Ten Commitments. It's in your worship folder. I'm going to read it. Just follow along if you care to. Um, from day 33, commitment number three, God deals gently with me. As he is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, gentle. If asked to describe God's dealings with mankind, perhaps not the first word we would choose. A casual reading of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, reveals scenes we would not call gentle dealings. Forceful? Better word? A more realistic appraisal of God's dealings with mankind? Jesus thought so. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. Prior to his coming to earth, Jesus described God's kingdom as forcefully advancing. According to Jesus, God historically revealed himself through forceful men. He used John the Baptist as a case in point. John the Baptist's diet, locusts and wild honey, definitely not quiche. His clothing, a scratchy tunic made of camel's hair. His manner, forceful. He rebuked a king and ended up being beheaded for it. John the Baptist represented God's kingdom forcefully. Jesus Christ represented God's kingdom gently. Jesus said, no one knows the Father, Son, except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus made a clear distinction between himself and all who preceded him as God's spokespersons, John the Baptist included. Jesus claimed to be God the Son. He claimed the exclusive right to represent God the Father. As the Son of God, Jesus claimed to be the Word through whom God fully and finally reveals himself to the world. Jesus did not describe himself as forceful. With Jesus' arrival, the days of God revealing himself through forceful men came to a close. A new word would be needed. Forceful is out. Gentle is in. Jesus said, I am gentle and humble in heart. 
Jesus' greatest critics were those who stubbornly held on to the notion that God still dealt with people forcefully. They could not accept that Jesus was God, no matter how many miracles he performed. Why? Because Jesus was gentle and their God was forceful. According to them, God would never tolerate a sinful person in his presence. And God would certainly never allow himself to be beaten and executed. What is God like? God is like Jesus Christ. Jesus issues this invitation to you on behalf of his Father. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God invites you to come to him. Relax. Breathe. He deals gently with you. What does it mean for us that Jesus applied these terms to himself? What does it mean for us that he is weary and burdened? For him, it distinguishes him from those who represented God prior to him who were forceful. He says, I'm not that, I'm this. But what does it mean for us? If you are weary and burdened, a gentle person is the kind of person you need. If you have already been subject to weighty influence, you don't need somebody to push you around more. And Jesus was not pushy. He was gentle and humble. What it says in Hebrews 4, passage we come to, again, it's probably my favorite passage in Scripture. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Think of a person you know who is sympathetic. If you feel kind of beat up, maybe under it, expectations at work, have been overwhelming, expectations at home have been overwhelming, and you just feel under it. You feel weary and burdened. And I want you to think about a person who is sympathetic. You got a friend like that? Just think about him. Scroll through your friends, your family. If you're feeling under it and you really wanted a sympathetic ear, can you think of the person? I want you to think of them. What are they like? When you talk about your struggles, a sympathetic person wouldn't be forceful with you. They would have room to listen. They wouldn't give you fast answers. They would identify with you. This is what Jesus was like. He was like that. If you were a person who was trying to do the best you could, Jesus was gentle and humble. He had room for you. Uh, this is what Jesus is like. Jesus' gentleness and humility, they become especially relevant. I want you to listen to me. Gentleness and humility are especially relevant when we make wrong choices. It's not that hard to be gentle with somebody who does it well and says it right. It doesn't take a lot. 
if your kids are walking the straight and narrow to be gentle and humble with them. It's not that hard. If, however, your kids are straying, that's a time that's difficult to be gentle and humble. Jesus was gentle. Well, look what it says. Uh, it's, therefore, we don't have a high priest who wasn't able to be sympathized with our weaknesses. Um, if you are able, well, look what it says in Hebrews 5, 1 and 2. Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God and to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. Let's define a couple words. That word gentle, it's a, it's a unique word. It, it comes up from two words that mean moderately passioned. So to be moderately passioned is neither to be overjoyed or overwrought. It means that Jesus is gentle being non-reactive. He didn't see something and go, oh, way, boy, I wasn't expecting that. And neither did he say, oh, man, boy, I wasn't expecting that. We talked about it, that Jesus was never disillusioned with anyone because he was never illusioned in the first place. You know, to be disillusioned is to see someone do something and to say, I had no idea that was going to happen. Jesus knew people too well to ever be disillusioned. So when it's describing his gentleness, that's what it was like. He was never really surprised if people twisted off or if they went in this direction or that. He knew people too well. He saw them too clearly. Um, to be ignorant and are going astray, those are words biblically. When it's describing sheep, those are the words it uses. Sheep are ignorant, and they go astray. If you've ever dealt with sheep, I never have, but I know individuals who do. Sheep aren't very smart. They make poor decisions. They require a great deal of care. Sheep, I guess it's true that if there is really good forage and bad pasture, they'll just kind of lope along to where the bad stuff is, you know, and they, they need to be guided. If you don't guide sheep, they make bad choices, not because they're bad, but because they take a lot of care. If you subject or meet sheep with a lot of care, they can thrive. If you don't, they are going to be ignorant and they're going to go astray. That's just the nature of sheep. Jesus' gentleness then is evidenced when sheep make bad decisions. He doesn't go, ah. Oh. He sees you too clearly. He sees you too clearly to be surprised when you make the choice to do that thing you do, to say that thing you say. You know that act that you do, the one that you're... Jesus is too aware of what you're like to be surprised at what you do. That's what it, he's... He, he deals moderately with those who are ignorant and are going astray, we have a tendency to see the face of people who have been in our life who haven't been very gentle with us. We tend to superimpose that face on God's face. 
maybe even on Jesus' face. Jesus did not get angry at sheep. He knew them too well. You know who Jesus got angry with? Shepherds. Those individuals who misrepresented the Father saying, Oh, it's really hard for a shepherd, a good shepherd, to see a bad shepherd mistreating sheep and not get angry. Some of you are animal lovers. You know, we have some animal lovers. How many you have dogs, you have pets? Yeah. Um, we're in that time of the year, aren't we? Where they're going to show where they're going to show that those pleas for money where those animals, you remember those things, those animals, and they're freezing, and you know, they're outside, and they're talking about send the gift, and, and we'll rescue these animals. But if you're an animal lover, and you see an animal being mistreated, makes you mad, doesn't it? That's the way Jesus felt when he saw those who represented God, misrepresented God, leading people astray. It made him angry. Um, Jesus was, again, gentle with sheep. But you know what Jesus, in being gentle, Jesus is a gentle shepherd. And if you've got a gentle shepherd, do you agree with me? A gentle shepherd is very gentle with sheep. Is a gentle shepherd gentle with wolves? Oh, come on in. That's <laughs> okay. I know you're hungry, and the sheep are really tasty. So, you know, just go ahead. You know, everybody's going to eat. <laughs> That's, that's not a gentle shepherd, um, and that's not what Jesus was like. Um, Jesus was harsh with forceful shepherds. In fact, Jesus blamed straying sheep on spiritual negligence. Look what he says. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus is just looking at people, doing people things. And this guy's running over here, and they're doing this and that, and they're going to the temple, and they're going to the synagogue, all these kind of things they do. And and for you or I, we would look and say, yeah, business as usual. You know, downtown, whatever city he was in, and... Yeah, it's kind of what people are like, you know, that guy's cutting that guy off, and look at, they're having a fight over there, and yeah, just people being people. Jesus' issue was, and he saw it, and his issue was not with the people making the decisions. Where's the shepherds? These sheep are running all over the place. They can't find good passion. They can't make good decisions. Of course, because they don't have a shepherd. That's what Jesus saw. He saw people without the benefit of caring oversight. And that's where he threw the penalty flags. Um, Jesus' issue was with the absence of spiritual oversight that made, made it so that Sheep weren't being directed carefully. Of course, they made bad decisions. And again, Jesus didn't throw the penalty flag at, again, people. It was the absence of shepherds to guide the people. Um, that was This was true in the Old Testament. Look what it says. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds. 
That's the issue. You find this again and again in the Old Testament. I will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. The shepherds God opposes here are wolves in sheep's clothing. Again, we've talked about this before. You think of a, about a wolf in sheep's clothing. And it's a wolf in sheep's clothing is not a wolf dressed like a sheep. A wolf in sheep's clothing, because sheep don't wear sheep's clothing. They have wool. Who wears sheep's clothing? Shepherds do. That's, they, they make clothing out of the wool. They wear wool garments. So when it says a wolf in sheep's clothing, it's not a, it's not a sheep. It's not a wolf dressed as a sheep. It's a wolf dressed as a shepherd. And um, you understand, wolves don't hate sheep. They just need to eat them. And when Jesus talks about wolves in sheep's clothing, he's talking about, in Ezekiel, those who have to consume the devotion of the sheep. They're not there for the benefit of the sheep, but they use the sheep to feel better about themselves. That's what Jesus could not tolerate. He understood that when you were a shepherd, you laid down your life for a sheep. You didn't get sheep to serve you. You served the sheep, and that's what Jesus did. Straying sheep are the byproduct of neglectful shepherds. A bad shepherd relies on prodding and goading. I was talking to somebody earlier, and they uh, raised cattle, and they were talking about the difference between themselves and the way one of their family members dealt with cattle when they had to give them shots. And this person I was talking, they talked about how when shots were going to come toward the end of the week, they would spend extra time with the cattle. Cattle are naturally curious, not very smart, but curious. And so this person would go and begin to um, spend more time with the animals. Come on with me. Let's see what's in the barn. And so they would purposefully weeks before, the week before, start to engage this curiosity. So when it comes shot day, they were able to, hey, and then the sheep would follow them into the barn. In contrast to a family member who would, on the day when the shots were going to be administered, put up the barriers and move the barriers in and use the prod, and the, the animals were, were, were butting against the restraints, and they were looking to get away from this narrowing place, and they, and they didn't want to go towards that thing. They did, And then some of them were trying to climb over the embankments, and people were getting hurt, and people were cussing, and, and it was chaotic. But you, you see the difference in the way they dealt with the sheep. One of them took the time to develop a relationship so that the voice was something that sheep would follow. It wasn't pushy and proddy. Do you want to follow God? What's his voice like? 
You know, all of us get this image of what God's voice is like. You know what God is like? God is like Jesus. And what he would do with us is cultivate a voice recognition so that when we're distressed, we would turn to him and want to hear his voice. That's what a good shepherd does when it says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them. This is a big one. They follow me. And you understood, we, we talked about this before, but when you develop voice recognition as sheep, let's say you're a bunch of sheep and you're in this watering hole. And so I'm hanging out here with, you know, I got these, a bunch of shepherds up here. And, you know, we're just kind of cooling it and just kind of letting the sheep have a drink. And so it's time when I need to get on the road. And so what I'll do and the way it worked back in those days, you're all there, you're all being sheep and you're all drinking and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so I would go, hey, oh, you know, I'd say whatever it was. And what would happen is that if you were my sheep, you would recognize my voice. And immediately what you would do is you would, Work your head up, and then you would come along and follow me. I wouldn't have to get the cattle prod. I wouldn't have to threaten. I wouldn't have to be forceful. Because I would have taken the time to cultivate a relationship between you and my voice. And when you heard my voice, that's what he wants to do with us. And you can't frighten somebody into being responsive like that. That's why Jesus doesn't make you afraid. That's why he's not harsh and critical. That's why he's gentle. He's not gentle because he can't use influence. He understands the kind of influence that will allow him to say and for you to purposely follow him rather than be driven by him. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Um, I've done this before. Let this represent you. Okay. Good <laughs> luck with that. Um, so if this is you, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal And no one can snatch them out of my hand. So if this is you and this is you in Jesus' hand, that's probably a pretty secure place. You know, if he has grasped you, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to wrench you out of Jesus' grip. But he doesn't even stop there. He says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. So here's what you got. You got the hand of the son and the hand of the father, and you're in there, and there's there anyone who is going to break you free from that grip. Of course not. That's why he said, Paul said, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor things to come, nor things present, nor sinking bank account will be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you know why he wants to communicate that to you? Because he wants you to breathe. You have one who has grasped you who is gentle with you and will never let go and will never cast you adrift or leave you behind. And he wants you to understand that. You know why? Because that's what good shepherds do. They communicate that to the sheep 
Because if you understand them, then you're going to follow them. And that's what he wants to cultivate within us. And that's why we'll continue to focus on the promises and the good news, because that's what sheep need. And that's what good shepherds communicate. Let's stand. We'll think about the gift of rest next week after the children's program. Let me pray for us. Thank you for um, being clear. I'm really glad that we have Jesus' words recorded for us, that we understand what he was like, who he opposed, who he didn't oppose. And he was very gentle with sheep. He would talk and correct sheep, but he did so gently. He was a little bit more harsh with those who misrepresented you, indicated that you were harsh and forceful. And that's, those are the people that Jesus had issues with. So I'd ask that as we seek to be your followers, that we would more and more get proper images of who you are. You're not pushy. Um, you are the kind of person that when we're distressed, you are the kind of influence that we, we would want to seek out. Sympathetic, gentle, humble. Thanks for being that. In Jesus' name, amen.